Let's get started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. All right, I do have one that we're going to start with in this, but this is really just I'm amazed by how great Ronald Acuna Jr. is. Um, and I think a lot of people who are Braves fans are also in awe of Ronald Acuna Jr. He had two home runs last night. Oh, by the way, Austin Riley did not hit any, so we we lost that wager in place your bets. Uh, Braves beat the Phillies 9-3. to Atlanta's magic number to clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs is 9 over the Dodgers to clinch the NL home field advantage. 10 over the Orioles, who also won last night. Uh, to clinch home field advantage in the World Series. All right, back to Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, he's a unicorn. He is one home run and three stolen bases shy of being the first 40-70 player in Major League Baseball history. 40 home runs and 70 stolen bases. And every time I mention this, and we're going to talk to Elliot Johnson later, and every time I mention uh, my, uh, I mean, bewilderment that anybody could be a 40-70 guy, or at the, it was a few weeks ago when he was like a 40-60 guy, actually a 30-60 guy. We've had none of those. I get the, well, you know, it's so much easier to steal bases today. All right. First of all, I'm not arguing that it is easier to steal bases today. Don't talk to me about base size. I don't think that really matters. Uh, but the fact that you can only throw over, I mean, you can throw over once. I, don't, I think you can throw, I think that's it. You're allowed one throw over. You can't even throw over twice. So once that first throw over comes, I don't have to respect it. But I don't care. Because it ain't like everybody else is stealing 70 bases. He leads the major leagues in stolen bases. He, Ronald Acuna Jr., leads the major leagues in stolen bases. He's got 67 of them. Yeah. And he hits too many home runs to have 67 stolen bases. Because 39 of his hits, he just went right to the dugout. He's an incredible player. He is the MVP. The only thing that would get in the way is if some people voted for Matt Olson, his teammate, who's got goofy numbers, too. It's incredible. By the way, we've only had four in history of Major League Baseball, four players who have hit in the same season 40 home runs and stolen 40 bases. Just four. They are Jose Canseco. Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, and Alfonso Soriano. Those are the only four who have done 40-40, and this guy is going to do 40-70. Wow. By the way, uh, Braves as a team are setting all sorts of records for first inning runs. Uh, They're also going to, they are the first team ever with four players who have hit 35 or more home runs this year. They have seven players in their lineup who have hit at least 20. And the other two, uh, what um, Orlando Arcia and Michael Harris have 17 and 18 respectively. They could end up with the entire lineup having hit 20 or more home runs. So 
Today, we're on, uh, this show is now on, on WFNZ in Charlotte. And I was on with Mac and Bone in the morning today. And they had just had a discussion about being worried about the Braves in the postseason because there is a, uh, you have a it, assuming the Braves end up with the best record in the National League, they'll get a bye. So you won't have to be a part of that best of three first round series. The Dodgers, who also are awesome, will have to be a part of that. And I get that. I think that's real. I think sitting around in baseball because um, those games, the Braves aren't going to start Thursday, right? It's going to be later in the later in the week. So waiting while everybody else plays to me is a disadvantage. Not it's okay. You need the rest. I mean, sure, but you don't get rest during the season anyway. You get the All Star break. I just think that when you stop. When you get out of the rhythm of a season, you run the risk of being out of rhythm. And all sports is about repetition and rhythm. And I hope that a bye week doesn't get in the Braves' way of being the same rear-end kicking unit that we have watched for six months. So here's my theory, Victoria. This is uh, change number one. Okay. Major League Baseball, expand the playoffs, get another team in in each league. So the Braves, hey, you run the risk of losing to anybody. Yeah. But if you can't beat the eighth seed in the playoffs, well, you probably wouldn't have won the the next round anyway. No. So that is my solution. The Braves, whoever the next best team is, uh, and there's in the National League. There's a lot of teams fighting for it. Could be right now Arizona and Chicago are the two playoff to uh, second and third wild card teams. Cincinnati. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Miami would be the, the the next team right now. So, you think you could beat the Marlins in a three game series? Right. I don't know. Maybe we give the one seed all the games at home. You don't get. You don't have to be on the road at all. You actually no, that that's that's the way it is. The first round, you just get home field advantage. Uh, maybe you only have to win uh, one game of the two games. You know, we we try to skew it in your favor. Yeah, but that's the way I think it should be. So everybody stays playing. All right, we got uh, tons of stuff uh, coming up on the program today. Uh, we also have an amazing college football weekend. We have six matchups of ranked teams on this schedule. Uh, we have Ohio State and Notre Dame playing each other. That's a top 10 matchup. You've got the the battle for, it, they're calling it the Pac-2 Bowl. The two remaining schools in the Pac-2. Wow. <laughs> Oregon, Pac-12 State, to Pac-2. Right, <laughs> Oregon State and Washington State are both ranked and playing in, uh, where are they? In um, At the Palouse at Washington State. So that's awesome, right? Uh, you've got Ole Miss in Alabama. UCLA and Utah is a top 25 matchup. Iowa and Penn State. It's amazing. Iowa fools everybody. Uh, Iowa's 24th. Penn State is 7th. It doesn't include, by the way, Florida State's trip to Clemson because in the AP poll, Clemson is not ranked. But it is a ranked matchup in the coaches poll. Florida State is 3rd. Clemson is 23rd. But you know what it does have? It has Colorado playing at Oregon. 
And this is now the third, this is week four of the college football season. And they set a record. Colorado, Colorado State was the most watched late window game in ESPN history. Almost almost 10 million people watched that game. I was one of them. Oh, yeah, I was too. <laughs> I was too. Uh, they set a record for big noon kickoff the week before with Colorado and Nebraska. Yeah. They set a record the week. I mean, Deion Sanders, it is three of the most five of five most watched games in college football have involved a team that won one game. Incredible. Last year. Wow. This is the Deion Sanders experience. Paul Feinbaum from ESPN. Greeny, I've covered college football for more than 40 years, and this is the biggest phenomenon I have ever seen. And there's nothing even close. I mean, we've had flashes of great players along the way, but, th- but this has completely captured the sport for the first three weeks. It is capturing it this weekend. And Greeny, regardless of what happens in Oregon on Saturday afternoon, it will be right back in Boulder next week when Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley and USC show up. So that is five consecutive weeks. Uh, owning the sport, sucking all the oxygen out. I mean, Nick Saban is struggling to be uh, and playing second fiddle. That's how big this is. Nick Saban's not even second second fiddle. This season, look, I understand when Alabama loses, that's a story, right? We went, we've gone through this with Clemson already. We're now kind of over the, uh, oh, Clemson isn't Clemson anymore. Guess what? This is going to sound like um, almost heresy. But other than that five-year run, whatever that was, six-year run of Clemson, otherworldly dominance where they win two national championships and they played Alabama's like four years in a row or something like that in the playoffs. Other than that, this is Clemson. I mean, where were you? Were you alive before 2014? Right. I mean, if you were alive before then, we used to talk about Clemsoning, right? This is the, how did you lose that game? They gave up 70 points in an Orange Bowl to West Virginia one year. I mean. Not a new concept. It's almost as though our brains are incapable of storing information that goes beyond what just happened. It's like we're all dogs. So, <laughs> this is Clemson. Now, we're used to, over the in recent history, we're used to seeing a different Clemson. Right? By the way, something that will be Dabo Sweeney forever is scapegoating special teams players. Right? For those people, maybe you were there or maybe you watched the game. Do you remember when Clemson and Carolina played, this is during the Larry Fedora era, uh, in the a- ACC championship game, and the punter... Uh, I think he faked a punt, and Dabo Sweeney didn't want him to fake a punt, even though my understanding is that if a defense gives you a certain look, you're supposed to fake the punt. But it didn't work, so Dabo just lit into the punter on the sideline. He, for some reason, he loves yelling at kickers. Right. So going into this season, he was all over the Robert Gunn hype train. His freshman kicker, who he insisted could kick field goals from, like, across the street. I don't even know how many yards it is, but he he can make a field goal from a neighboring county. Well, he had two field goals blocked against Duke. He has missed an extra point. He missed the extra point in their game against, I I think it was Charleston Southern. They scored their first touchdown. He missed that that extra point. 
Uh, and then uh, he missed a short field goal in the win over uh, Florida Atlantic. Dabo has seen enough. He has gone to the waiver wire. I wish I was making this up. And he has br- <laughs> he has brought in Jonathan Wheats? Whites? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. He was a walk-on kicker who was a backup to B.T. Potter over the last oh. several years. So he still has eligibility, but and he's still enrolled in school, but he wasn't on the team. Dabo called him. He was about to take a job in New York. He actually has already put a, a down payment on... Uh, or a deposit, a deposit, not a down payment, a deposit on a uh, like a rental oh, apartment wow. in New York City. He's about to start a job, and Dabo's like, "We need a kicker. You want to come here, right? <laughs> we need a we need a kicker." So <laughs> this is all true. And here's my favorite part of this story: is that I haven't lost any confidence in Robert Gunn at all. Oh, stop! Oh, like, stop! Of course you have. You just brought a kicker in who hasn't kicked in a game, like, ever. And he hasn't kicked in a practice until this week since last football season. You don't go kicker shopping if you're not looking for a kicker. I, it is what it is, Dabo. I get it. Yeah. But I think the the reason why people sometimes are intolerant of his act is because after, like, digging through the trash to eat a a week old piece of pizza. Yeah. I'm 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 not desperate. No. Like, no, dude, you have lost confidence in Robert Gunn. That doesn't mean that you won't gain confidence in him down the road. But you have clearly lost it now. So stop with your with your denial. Not we long. all can figure this out. Nope. It's a great story. I'm sorry. It is a great great story. All right, now I have theory number two today. Uh, idea number one was expanding the baseball playoffs so um, nobody sits around, yeah. you know, gr- growing moss. Here's number two. So in this t- quick context, we saw the Nick Chubb injury on Monday night. I don't so even bad. know what day that was now. I'm, yeah. I'm like at a loss. A Monday what, night that what felt day like that a Thursday was. night. Yeah. <laughs> feel like a, definitely felt like a Thursday. So we saw the Nick Chubb injury. J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens, beginning of the year, tore his Achilles. Saquon Barkley had an ankle injury. Uh, so we've got running back. I'm probably forgetting. But we had uh, Jonathan Taylor holding out. We had Saquon Barkley holding out. We had Josh Jacobs with the Raiders holding out. This has been a difficult... Oh, Austin Eckler of yep. the Chargers is hurt. We don't know when he's coming back. We didn't even see him get hurt. He just showed up hurt. Right, yeah. So this is a this has been after the offseason of running backs complaining about running backs not getting paid. And honestly, I see both sides because I have argued in the past when the Panthers were about to pay Christian McCaffrey, I think McCaffrey is a different animal because McCaffrey doesn't have to be a hand-it-to-him 25 times a game type of a player. Yeah, not at all. You just have to get him the ball somehow 20 to 25 times a game. That's all you need. Yeah. I mean, I'd throw it to him 15 times a game. I mean, he can even throw it. He can. (laughs) He can do all the things. He absolutely can. So, to me, McCaffrey is a different part of this equation. 
But I understand why owners don't want to pay running backs because you have no idea when the drop-off is coming and when the injury will lead to the drop-off. And this Nick Chubb injury, as great as he is, this Nick Chubb injury, I mean, I think it's a fair, it's a fair, I mean, guess that it's a career-altering possibly ending injury certainly looked like it he had this injury i don't think the, the play was the same but it might have been back in 2015 at georgia but now he is eight years older and it's the second one same leg by the way like who knows what what he looks like coming back and you don't have to lose more than half a step yeah. And now it's a completely different game for you as the player and your career. Completely different. So I understand why owners don't want to pay running backs. But here's my theory. And we're going to test this theory. We're going to ask our friend Brooke Pryor about this from ESPN when we come back. The running back is not allowed to be drafted. If you are a running back, you can't get drafted in the NFL. You are... A, an undrafted free agent, you are free to sign with any team for whatever you can negotiate. I like it. That's how we protect the running back salary because it used to be a glamour position. It used to be. But now teams don't want to pay that guy. And offenses are changing. Yep, but they're not changing to the point where they're not using the running back. They're just changing to the point where they're using multiple running backs or they don't care who the running back is. No. They'll use you for the first part of your contract and then they will get rid of you. They will let somebody else pay you. Dalvin Cook should be on a roster. Well, he is on a roster. He's on the Jets roster, which I admit is sort of like not being on a roster.